Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What's up, Internet? Welcome back to another bonus episode of the Engadget Podcast. I'm senior editor Devendra Hardwar. This week, we're chatting with VR director Joe Hunting. He made a movie called We Met in Virtual Reality, which I covered last year. It was at uh, Sundance 2022, and you can read about that at Engadget.com. Joe is launching a VR studio called Painted Clouds, which uh, he's going to use to produce more VR documentaries, but also long-form narratives and other stories just taking place in VR. Joe has also been working with other VR creators to get their stories told. And, um, you know, he has a really insightful eye on this entire world. We had a great conversation about the state of VR today, uh, VR community as well, and what Joe is thinking about doing next as one of his first projects for Painted Clouds. Take a listen. Joe Hunting, welcome to the Engadget Podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on. It's great to chat again, and um, I know it's been a while since you released uh, We Met in Virtual Reality. I'm wondering, what are you trying to do now with this new VR studio that you're that you're launching? Yeah, yeah, it has been a while. It's been about uh, just over a year since the, the film released, and it's been such a pleasure and an honor to see such a positive reception from We Met in Virtual Reality. Mm-hmm. That documentary production and the release was, was certainly evidence to me that there is an audience for real-time vr filmmaking especially within documentaries um but this year i've been laying the foundations for a much bigger project which is a fictional narrative series and my most recent announcement was uh of the studio that will lead that series um to its success which is called painted clouds um so really the past year has been um laying the foundations and kind of building towards a a much bigger uh, perspective and 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 project. Gotcha. I mean, watching We Met in Virtual Reality, I was really struck by basically how how normal it seemed, right? It felt like a normal documentary. It felt like you had developed cameras that could really capture virtual reality better than um, the way I do when I do reviews, which is basically just, you know, screen cap what my, what my headset is seeing. And <laughs> it's kind of chaotic. It's not great. So you started building tools for that movie. Is that basically what you're kind of um, just finalizing and uh, making more I guess, more of a tool set with this studio? Yes, absolutely. So for the production of We Met in Virtual Reality, there was an amazing camera tool that was released called VRC Lens, which a member mm-hmm. of the VR chat community created. Right. And as you describe it, it allows me as a director and, and a lot of other VR filmmakers to really use cinematic techniques that we would use in live action cinema in VR, so pulling focus, flying drones, creating camera movement, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's super accessible. And using that camera in We Met in Virtual Reality was is an incredible experience. And um, my intentions with Painted Clouds in the studio in the long term is to build more tools like that and build upon VRC lens to to mm-hmm. give it more scope and um, make it even more accessible to new filmmakers as well, and to support my own productions. 
Um, gotcha. So yes, absolutely wanting to uh, create more tools and create accessible tools as well. So you're still building on VRC Lens. This isn't your own like separate camera at this point. You're just adding on top of it, sounds like? At the moment, yes. Um, mm -hmm. the that groundwork from Hirobiki, the creator, uh, is fantastic and is certainly mm -hmm. a good tool to kind of pull apart and understand. Um, and Hirobiki is, you know, is open to that and, and nice. very cooperative. And so that's our kind of starting point. Um, but yes, in the future, I think there's, there's certainly ways that we can build, build out more tools um, for VR filmmakers. And this is specifically using VR chat at the moment yeah. as, as yeah. a platform to shoot productions in and, and use a, as a kind of HQ. Um, but perhaps there's scope as well to bring tools into Unity in a more broader sense for, um, you know, for more kind of in-engine productions as well. So that, there's a lot of flexibility. I myself, as most people know, really enjoy VR chat and <laughs> love that experience of filmmaking uh -huh. there. And so that's my focus at the moment. Do you have any updates on the VR chat community? Uh, you know, I, I thought you did a great job of showing how relationships were forming in We Met in Virtual Reality, but also kind of the vibrancy of that community. How have things been there over the past, uh, you know, couple of years, especially now that people are thinking about the metaverse, or at least Mark Zuckerberg is trying to sell the metaverse, and I think has kind of forgotten about it, to be honest? Yeah, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, VR community and the metaverse does feel a little bit forgotten now, in especially in mainstream media. Um, I think the VR chat community specifically has certainly died down a little bit because mm -hmm. the pandemic is is kind of being resolved and we're starting to go back outside now, mm -hmm. of course. You know, we're, we're pretty much back to our typical lifestyles. And so that has caused a shift in people's time and availability to commit to VR. However, the communities that did uh, that were established during the pandemic, during the previous couple of years, they're, they're certainly still going and happening just with less people. So the popularity has gone down a little bit. Um, but I would love to speak to the filmmaking community. Interestingly, within the past year, the filmmaking community has really been thriving and nice. connecting and talking to each other and hosting screenings to collaborate and discuss different um, techniques and perspectives. Uh, and I hope that my documentary was part of that shift. And I've certainly been uh, advocating a lot of VR filmmakers. And I, I'm actually about to run a festival, including VR short films and music videos. Oh, cool. Um, hmm. Which I, I would love to talk about. Um, yes, sure. the can VR you, can filmmaking. You, can you tell can you us more about that, by the way? Like, wh wh where is this happening and how can people access it? Yes. Yes. Let me talk about this. So. Mm -hmm. I've been curating Raindance Immersive Festival alongside Maria Rakusanova for the past three years, which has been a fantastic experience. And this year, because the VR filmmaking community has really grown, we wanted to celebrate uh, VR chat made short films and music videos in the selection. And so um, the festival runs from the 25th of October. And so it's already had some showcase mm -hmm. uh, to the 3rd of November. And I'm hosting my first short film screening this Sunday inside VR Chat. But if you don't have access to VR Chat, you can watch mm -hmm. uh, our stream on YouTube to the Rain Dance Immersive YouTube channel. And we'll be showing the films alongside doing a Q&A with the directors as well. And that will run. We've got several screenings kind of running over the next month. So um, it's not one block of short films, one block mm -hmm. of music videos. It's, it's spread out so we can really um, engage in these long conversations about this form and, and this um the the directors specifically so yes cool. it's on the rain dance immersive 
YouTube channel and you can find okay. that raindanceimmersive.com. Can you tell us like, um, I guess what sorts of stories are people telling in virtual reality now? Like wh what are these short films covering? And I'd also love to know about your next project too. Yes. I think it's interesting to look at what VR track creators are making at the moment. Mm -hmm. There's certainly a lot of short form um, content, you know, that's very tailored towards TikTok or, you know, Instagram reels and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I've noticed. And then I've noticed a lot of uh, very genre heavy projects. So crime thrillers or kind of dystopian dramas, a lot of um, a lot of films that, that follow genre conventions. And I think that comes from, you know, a community that is learning and are coming from not coming from kind of film school backgrounds and right, right. are shooting what they want to see and they want to you know make films in vr that are so unachievable in live action <laughs> you know if i was to make a a western film i'd have to have a, a you know decent sized budget and fly to different countries to get that landscape but these filmmakers have all these different virtual worlds accessible to them and so um i've certainly seen a lot of films there as well as a handful of documentaries and social realist films mm. that actually about VR chat, the platform specifically as well. Um, so there's a mix of, of nonfiction mm -hmm. and fiction at the moment, which is really exciting. Um, I would love to see more projects that are filmed with original avatars and original worlds. Right. That's one thing I think um, that's that, you know, I think that's the step that a lot of directors have to take in terms of bringing their, VR chat made productions into a more kind of broad and interesting perspective where you don't recognize that this is filmed inside mm -hmm. VR chat. It becomes its own thing. And to talk about my next project, that's something I'm very passionate about. We're creating all original characters. And when I say that, I mean original avatars that the actors will wear and perform in. Oh, and we're cool. also okay. creating original sets and worlds uh, to shoot those to shoot the production in um and you know through that we'll create a cohesive art direction that i hope will sit on par with you know other animated films and, and live action projects awesome is, is anybody else doing long form style projects because i do feel like maybe that is out of fashion with the uh, young with the younger generation of creatives right because everyone's building for social media or building for youtube or something and uh, to a certain degree, you're going shorter. Although I guess the dream of YouTube is sometimes you could just go also go super long, as I've seen with some creators. So, <laughs> is anybody trying to do like more traditional narratives and more traditional documentaries between you know ninety minutes and two hours? That not not that I have seen. Okay. Um, but it's there are certainly a few gems out there of kind mm -hmm. of longer documentaries and and narratives, um, but none that have used original worlds and assets and kind of a cohesive art direction and a, a narrative that flows from one, you know, one point to the end. Mm -hmm. Though I would like to mention that there is a, a friend of mine called Kang Lu and his, uh, he has a little studio of volunteers called Studio Penrose and he's creating short... Oh, I know Penrose, yeah. You yeah. do? Okay, great. Yep. So he is creating short narrative mm -hmm. films um, but they're a part of a bigger world in a kind of a series mm -hmm. context, um, but all individual stories. And so what you, one could argue that that is long form. Um, and I'm really excited to see uh, his next films. I'm showing his first short film in this kind of series of bigger works uh, at Rain Dance Immersive. Um, nice. It's going to be premiering at the festival. And so if you're interested in seeing that, <laughs> um, you'll see it at Rain Dance. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have to take a look. Um, I'm also wondering, you know, 
when new interactive mediums pop up, I feel like traditional traditional creators like Hollywood tends to come come a knocking, right? I remember the '90s when Spielberg mm. and uh, all sorts of folks like were looking at like a uh, CD-ROM multimedia, and eventually, um, you know, actually creating console games and PC games. Is anybody, you know, any any big names from the mainstream kind of looking at VR media at this point? That's a great question. Yeah, and yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been speaking with a few bigger companies that are coming from Hollywood, but what I've noticed is they're much more interested in XR. So yeah. not yeah. filming entirely in VR, but mm-hmm. actually, you know, em- empowering filmmakers to shoot through a phone or shoot through an iPad or, you know, some sort of screen camera device and then mm-hmm. uh, project 3D assets into the real and, you know, create stunning kind of visual effects in that way, but in a really accessible form. Um, that's something that I've seen a lot coming from Hollywood space. There's also um, some companies that are creating bespoke apps for real-time VR production. Right. But in my experience, they've not had the same level of creativity and um you know the ability to create all of my own stuff uh, mm-hmm. that vr chat really allows um yeah so i think i think xr is is where the hollywood is is most <laughs> interested in at the moment which i'm certainly excited about um mm-hmm. especially when it comes to indie productions but at the same time i love being present in vr and really embracing that experience so that's where i'm more excited about and by XR, are you? Do you mean like I've seen people talk about maybe uh, using Unity or other like three D engines in real time to create assets rather than build things? You know that have to go through the whole uh, you know three D pipeline and everything. Is that kind of what you're seeing they're into? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So kind of like running a Unity program and then putting that program in to mm-hmm. live action and maybe you know kind of pushing and pulling um, using a phone or or some sort of device that's connected to the Unity program. I won't get too technical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. I mean, we we love the technical stuff, but that is right. that's interesting because I've seen glimpses of that, but never anybody, you know, truly making it a a full fledged project. It's also interesting that Hollywood is sort of like flirting more with virtualization, you know, in terms of uh, the big LED screens they're using for the Mandalorian and all yes. these big productions, but also the way James Cameron can like build Avatar with essentially a virtual camera that can move around his three D environments. But then on the on the virtual side in VR chat and everything, you guys are trying to follow traditional Hollywood techniques too and try to mimic the camera. So it seems like there was some convergence happening. That's kind of fascinating. Yes, yeah, and that's that's absolutely right. And there's definitely a lot. I have a lot of inspiration with John Favreau's work and mm-hmm. the virtual production screens, and you know, using that. And but I find being present in VR with the headset on myself, which I'm not sure. If like James Cameron did with Avatar, perhaps he did a little bit. Most... I believe it was like a it was like a screen mm-hmm. that he could move around like a virtual camera in the right, set, like in a physical set, but he could see like some virtual elements too. From what I can gather, he he certainly didn't wear a headset, but I, I would love for him to try one. Yeah, right. Yes. Oh, me mm-hmm. too. Um, I think you know naturally walking around a room and and having a screen to show mm-hmm. your camera display is one thing, and that I imagine is very organic and and stunning. But being present in a headset and being in the scene yourself and holding the camera and capturing the output, I find creates a much more immersive filmmaking experience for me and a much more playful and joyful one too. Um, Because, you know, I can look up and everyone is their characters. They're not wearing mocap to represent the characters. They just are embodying them. 
Um, and obviously that experience doesn't translate completely on screen as an audience member. Yeah. But in terms of directing and the 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 kind of relationship I can build with my actors and and the team around me, I, I find that so fun. And I think there's such a future in that as well. That's um, cool. Which is, you mm-hmm. know, what's led me to where I am now. You brought up also different types of shooting too, like drone photography is becoming a bigger thing in documentaries and certainly in movies as well. Like Michael Bay's Ambulance is a crazy action movie filled with tons of drone photography. But the mm. people controlling those drones are typically wearing like these crazy camera, these like headsets connected to cameras on the drones, right? So they're mm. immersed in in a weird type of altered reality because they're still in the real world. But I guess being in virtual reality, it's not much different if you're controlling a drone camera. So again, like some weird convergence there. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I think that's a really nice example. And I can speak to experience too Mm -hmm. with this sort of difference. Um, I made my first short films on desktop. So I was recording my screen and I was not in VR myself. And I'll, excuse me, never forget the moment of when I actually put on the headset for the first time and went from recording my screen to actually recording on a camera from within the headset you know suddenly I was there and I could look over my camera monitor and see the person I was filming and I didn't have any disassociation um and I think that's quite fascinating um you know and it's it's just a bit more immersive Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, I think that is kind of fascinating what what are your feelings about the state of VR and uh, I guess XR at this point too? Because things are very different than when we last chatted, right? Like Apple mm. is getting into this game. They showed off uh, the Vision Pro, which I, I was lucky enough to test when they launched that thing. It is a really wild view of immersion because um, it's it's all it's VR, but it's also like mixed reality. How do you think about the this whole virtual media landscape at this point? Mm. Well, firstly, I'm so jealous that you got to try one. I am. I'm sure so you could put interested. in a developer request. Like they I know they're doing I tests should. in London. Yeah. Yes, yes, I should. I'm. I'm so mm-hmm. curious to understand how that feels. You know, I think obviously with Apple Vision and also what Meta are doing, there is a focus mm-hmm. on mixed reality and XR, and in trying to um, lay the foundations for that to grow and um, for people to create more projects with it. I'm obviously someone who's much more excited about VR, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, I think the the media landscape it feels worse than yeah. when we last spoke. If yes. I'm to be I very agree. blunt, I agree. Yeah. Um, just to say that right now, um, but I'm not too fearful. You know, in mm-hmm. terms of the projects we can create using these systems and for these systems, I think there's a really bright future there because the community is still passionate. And creative people still exist and are making amazing things. And to speak to the VR community, they're thriving and and creating work. So I think it's really dependent on us indie developers and creators to really keep this sort of technology going. Mm-hmm. Um, but to speak to the you know the hardware, I think that we are in a bit of a slump. Um, and it will I think it'll be up to the indie creators to um, foster it and and keep it going in some yeah. way. Um, it's it's and, always the indie, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and as part of like Raindance Immersive, that's something we've been talking about at the festival too, and um, wanting to continue fostering this this level of creativity in this form of art. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been maybe feeling a little down on VR because I've been in it like since uh, the, the early Oculus uh, developer kits. Mm. And it feels like, you know, when I review these things, I just reviewed the big screen beyond, which is mm. pretty fantastic in terms of just how small and light it is. But at the end of the day, I am playing the same games. I kind of was years ago. You know, I'm going through the same experiences and it seems at least from a high level development side, you know, it, yeah. it, things just aren't as exciting as they used to be. Um, but I do, I'm interested in what indie developers are doing. I'm interested in what you're doing, Joe. Is there any thought towards, um, you're essentially creating footage, you're creating VR footage to display on traditional displays, you know, to display on your normal TV. Is there any thought to like actually capturing the full on immersive experience that somebody can put on a headset and actually be in this stuff that you've uh, that you're recording yes i get this question all the time mm -hmm. and it's one that always surprises me honestly um because i always think that you know people would be most interested in watching a film in a more traditional way but more and more i'm getting mm -hmm. this question of well can i watch your film in 360 or how do i step into yeah, the yeah. world with the outcast and i think that's such an exciting question um and i can just say straight away there are 360 cameras that you can use in mm -hmm. VR chat. So instead of myself capturing a 2D, you know, well, flat screen image using a camera in the space, I can instead use a 360 camera and capture, you know, the full wraparound of, of the right. scene. And right. so that is something I could certainly experiment with and do. And I think for my next narrative series, that could be a really fun way to engage other audiences too and kind of create a special or a spin-off or mm -hmm. or some sort of um... behind the scenes footage or something you know yeah oh yes well that's a great idea yeah we're going to shoot behind the scenes i can say mm -hmm. that confidently cool. Uh, cool and i think a 360 element to step into the set with us would actually be fantastic i love that idea cool yeah i mean listen if you're if you're working in virtual reality i think the the hardcore fans would want to see more of that stuff actually in virtual reality. One thing I want to uh, mm. just mention, I don't know if you noticed this, but when Apple is showing off their immersive elements, it's not 360. It's basically 180. It's what you see in front of you, and there is some depth to it, but it's not, yes. you're not worrying about what's behind you. You're not worrying like what's right to the side. I do feel like maybe that is an essential thing that Apple kind of took in there because the thing about 360 videos, sometimes you don't know where to look, right? You have to be guided to it. And maybe that's been a problem for VR. I don't know if you have any thoughts about like how they're approaching that. Yeah, that's a great thing to bring up. Um, yeah, I think I think Apple are onto something there. To be mm -hmm. honest, I think I think that there is when you go into a 360 experience, so the full wraparound, there is a, a certain expectation as a spectator to to realize, okay, I need to be yeah. aware of my entire surroundings. Yes, and yes. that is you're looking in, at everything. Yeah, and that is intimidating and can be quite intense as an audience. And so mm -hmm. I think Apple's approach could be a nice middle ground between traditional cinema and the full 360 right. experience. So perhaps that could be something I could develop um, further with with a behind the scenes or cool, in, a, cool. in a full narrative. I think that's a really smart idea. Yeah, um, we, we don't go through the world with full three, 360 degree awareness, you know, what's around <laughs> us. Like we we have our vision cones, you know. So this just right. seems to make sense. Yeah. Uh, in terms of hardware that's come out recently, I just reviewed the MetaQuest 3, uh, the big screen beyond, like I said, and also the PlayStation VR 2 earlier this year. How do mm. you feel about like just the hardware coming out? Is it is mm. it delivering what you think the VR fans actually need? Because we've seen features like eye tracking and um, you know facial tracking and stuff being tested. 
but I don't know. I don't know if that's like essential to the experience, right? The Meta Quest Three doesn't have it, but I think it also still delivers great VR. Honestly, even the Quest Two still delivers good VR. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. funny enough, you're speaking to someone who, who like the only thing I want in a headset is uh-huh. built-in eye and facial tracking. It's great. I mean, it's great is... when it works. Yeah. Exactly, and that is the one thing that we're really missing in hardware at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a headset um, that really can do that at such high fidelity. Fidelity that's been mm-hmm. built bespoke for both eye and facial tracking. I've I've been testing the XR Elite and the the old Vive Focus Three yep. and the yep. Vive Pro I with the facial tracker and the Quest Pro as well. Mm-hmm. And all of them, you know, have merits and and disadvantages as well, but don't quite do eye and facial tracking and with yeah. such high fidelity in a, yeah. in a comfortable way in an accessible way that i would, would love to use in my productions and also in social vr to just hang out and talk with friends yeah. and i think that would be um that's really what i'm looking for as a consumer and a professional in the space um and so that i'm praying for the day <laughs> And, you know, the hardware is one thing. We also need the, you know, the APIs to actually use it right. We need the companies to actually support the, the this hardware well and developers to take advantage of it. So it's all a confusing thing. All I've mm. seen from Meta uh, when it comes to, like, facial and eye tracking are those weird, like, lifelike avatars they keep showing off, which freak me the hell out, to be honest. Like, it, it looks like weird <laughs> Blade Runner in human faces because they're very realistic, but also they have cold, dead eyes at the same time. It's just... We're experimenting with so many different things. I think we're we're trying to see what sticks, especially Meta has so many like different ideas and I don't know if they're committing to anything at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's really fun to bring up. I love talking about avatars. Mm-hmm. And it, honestly, it has been quite funny seeing how Meta are approaching <laughs> their avatars. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the, I don't think there's much creative freedom within Horizons. You know, you're quite limited in what you can do, which is immediately for me as someone who is used to having a lot of freedom, a little bit of of a disadvantage. Um, And their leg system isn't quite working as I think (laughs) it should be, um, which I think we can all agree on. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when you look down, I'm not even sure if you can see your legs when you look and look down just yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can, um, but they, they bend in quite peculiar ways. So, I mean, when you look at, VR chat, the the level of fidelity that people have crafted in their avatars, you know, today and in the present day is incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, giving people that power, they can do incredible things. And to compare that to Meta, who are, you know, creating their own systems, it is difficult to see the comparison. Like VR right. chat, I think, is the obvious winner. Um, but Meta obviously have some accessibility, but I think they could push their artwork mm-hmm. much further and give people more freedom um like we see in vr chats you know take some inspiration perhaps um but that's my personal opinion for sure i mean i'm sure meta is just like can, can we just buy this company and just steal all their ideas because that, that's kind of how things have been working it does Maybe. feel like the difference between um right the open internet and aol's internet in the 90s you know like very much you, ha- you have the some idea of community but it's constrained by the corporation in a way um yeah It'll be interesting to see. Well, anything else you want to mention, Joe, about um, Painted Clouds or what you're working on next or what you'd like to see, you know, from people working within VR? Yes, thank you for for giving me the opportunity. Um, Firstly, I'm very excited to have announced my narrative series, which will be in pre-production next year. Um, But in the meantime, I'm also working on a short documentary and a music video 
um, oh, nice. amongst you know other future projects. But I just want to speak to right now. You can expect to see um, some shorter projects coming from me uh, very soon. So I want to put that out there. Um, and also, I hope people listening will be interested in trying VR filmmaking. Jump in mm-hmm. VR chat and experiment with the camera. And um, next year, I hope to be running some workshops within Painted Clouds in our VR chat world, which is tailored to to host these sorts of workshops. Um, and so if you're interested, you know, let me know and and come join the community. Awesome. Sounds good. And where can people find you online, Joe? And can, can they even find you right in VR chat in front of you or something? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if I'll get that personal yet. Maybe, <laughs> you know, talk to me first. Um, yes. But I, let me please share, yes, my socials. Uh, you can find me at Joe A. Hunting on Twitter and J underscore A. Hunting on Instagram. You'll be the guy with the camera in VR chat, so I'm sure they can find you. if they're That's looking, right. right. That's how yeah. to find me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, too. This has been a pleasure. Thanks again to Joe Hunting for joining us on the Engadget podcast. Please be sure to check out his movie, We Met in Virtual Reality. Uh, that's a really compelling movie, and you can watch it right now on Max. As always, folks, let us know if you're enjoying the show, or if you'd like to see more interviews like this, drop us an email at podcast at Engadget.com. Thanks, folks. We're out.